Podcast. Welcome to Football and Other F-Words, the first time that we are recording in the month of July. And if you didn't notice, I beat Zach to the punch the whole podcast. He's not even paying attention. Oh, man. This, not is even like, at me. this is like a Big Mike and the boys. What about it? This is like when uh, I wasn't paying attention and, you know, Mike would get the answers. Oh, I see. So <laughs> he's he's basically acting like it's a win with an asterisk next to us. Whatever. He's an asshole. Welcome to Football and Other F-Words. I am your host, Mr. Lebowski. Directly across from me and condescending my win is Zebo Zach Lyons. Hello. Producer, co-host. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. And to my left is Internet Keith, which we are very happy to have in studio because he likes to disappear from time to time like he does on Twitter. How you doing, Keith? I'm good. Uh, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, um, I'm like your dad's friend that your mom doesn't like and tolerates. <laughs> I thought you were going to go down the route of your mommy's new friend after <laughs> daddy left. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> You're that uncle stepdad nobody likes. <laughs> It smells uh, like cigarettes and lies. So like I was saying, when I open up, it is uh, today is July the 3rd, right? So it recording is. Recording this the day before 4th of July. We're going to kind of get into that a little bit. But the biggest thing that we've been teasing on Twitter, we've talked a little bit on this podcast about is that we are going to or we were making some big changes on July the 1st. Those are the changes that we want to talk to you about a little bit tonight uh, before we get into our main discussion. So. In a nutshell, Zach's going to be able to detail this a little bit better than I am. We were previously with uh, SB Nation under the uh, Music City Miracles brand. And we we just felt that, and not even feel, I mean, the, the truth of it is we just weren't getting the exposure we wanted. It was, it was a little too difficult to find our podcast. For those of you that have already subscribed, I mean, we, we greatly appreciate your loyalty, but obviously... You want to grow your brand, and we were having trouble doing it. That being said, July 1st, we have now switched off onto our own network. We're going to be self-publishing. Uh, p- Is that how you want to put it? Yeah, basically back to uh, how we started. You're going to see our new logo that we made. Uh, it looks very similar to the old one, just a few different things added. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna. You're going to be able to search for us by saying football, other F-words. I wouldn't put it in the and. has a little hard time picking up the and, so just football, other F-words. And uh, you won't have to search and tell your friends, well, you got to search Music City Miracles, but they are the, the, the show's called Football and Other F-Words, and then you know, show them a treasure map and say they have to walk 10 <laughs> paces to the left. Yeah. So it's going to be back to where you could just find us. You should be subscribed. Uh, I, t- you know, I tested the, been testing the last few days, the iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox. Everything should be already set up. Uh, you're going to see two old episodes. I'll probably delete those but it's culture trash and the trial of tajay sharp or brought to you by the letter t <laughs> both good episodes if you yeah, want to go back both good listen. episodes uh but all the episodes recorded under sb nation won't be there but they are using the megaphone um uh embedded player they are on our website fwordspodcast.com under archived episodes you can go in there and they'll take you to all the episodes we did record that are that still belong to SB Nation and gives credit to SB Nation. So let me let me kind of walk through this a little bit. If you're you know still listening after all this diatribe that we've opened up with the technical side on the back end, some of the stuff that you all may not notice, uh, we're pretty excited about that because it it helps us have more freedom. But for you all, the biggest thing that we wanted to be able to do was to be able to have more freedom to bring you all better content, but have more interaction with us. 
And some of that comes with funding, which we'll get into in just a second. But the other thing is just having the freedom to be able to put our content out in the way that we wanted and be able to put it on more platforms, i.e. drop our podcast onto things like YouTube and stuff like that. So if you're in the office and you just want to pull up a quick YouTube link, it's right there. But one of the biggest things that we're going to do and that we've already launched is, is a Patreon page. If you, if you don't know what Patreon is, Zach's going to kind of walk you through the basics of it. So Zach, tell us about what our Patreon page is, why we have it and, and kind of, you know, why it's there. So basically we're not asking, we're not changing anything. Right now, we're going to be ad-free. We will take on some ads, but they won't be the ridiculous ads that you have heard. We'll be able to choose them and everything. But the reason we need or need ads is because none of us do this for a, a living, and we take a lot of time out, and we, have, we do have costs that get incurred. We have hosting subscriptions to make sure that the podcast gets hosted correctly. We do have... Uh, Photoshop. I know you're probably thinking, what about Photoshop? Well, we do create stuff and content using Photoshop and also Adobe Edition, what we record on. We were recording on GarageBand. That's why our audio dropped off uh, at some point and now it's back up. It's because we are using Adobe Edition. We do need equipment upgrades. Uh, and then we want to do cool stuff like get displays and do tailgates and have parking passes and stuff at the Titans games where you can come and interact with us so we could do live shows there before and after the game. And we, we'd like to get tents. Basically, the money isn't a supplemental income for us. It's all going to get directly invested back into the show to yeah. make sure that we are bringing you the best Tennessee Titans podcast we can. And, now, it, and it helps me with my crippling gambling addiction. Yes. What? What? No. No? No. no. Oh, all right. Keith is then. not on the uh, LLC checking account. And that's been internet Keith. Everybody say bye to him. I'm going to go gamble. Uh, so Patreon is patreon.com slash F words pod. We try to keep it pretty simple for you guys. And it's going to have a $5 or $10. And most importantly, a $50 tier. What do you get and with a $50 tier? Exactly. Who the fuck would pay the $50 a month? Well, that's why it's called the WTF tier. And what you get is actually you are going to get with it the chance to have your name read out loud and on the website every podcast episode as an executive producer. So if uh, your name is Mike Herndon and you decide that, hey, instead of adopting that baby, I'm going to spend $50. <laughs> I'm going to spend $50 and do a Patreon, even though I'm on the show. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to say, brought to you by executive producer Mike Herndon, every episode at some point, and we're going to do it in a funny way. So, you know, you also, with that $50, gets every, get everything in the $10 and the $5 tier. And depending on what you pay, we will have extra bonus content. We will have access to us, access to the guests that we have. It's very exclusive. We will have a Slack channel, and depending upon that is depend uh, on that Slack channel. The interaction that you get depends on the tier that you do, but you get access to all of us. You get extra entries in the contest that we're going to have. I have a signed uh, a Dory Jackson football. Uh, no, nobody's going to want it, but I also have a Chance Warmack cleat that is signed. But I have <laughs> shit various. I have various Titans things that. What uh, size is it? It's like size like. 15, 16, it's, it's massive. He's just going to gamble it away. Yeah. <laughs> Heath, you cannot, 
You cannot gamble this stuff away. So Keith has no clue where I any can. of this stuff is. I can, but you won't let me. Yeah, that's right. So we are going to have contests like that coming up. The best way to enter in for these contests is first to, you know, retweet, quote tweet, the tweets when the contest comes out. You're also needed an entry will also be in for the um, subscribing to the newsletter. So if you're subscribed to the newsletter, your email will automatically be entered in. And Patreon subscribers will get extra entries depending on what level they promote. So you're going to have a lot of exclusive access to us, a lot of exclusive access to new content. And all it does is come back in and promote the podcast, make the podcast better. Because we want to get a lot of listeners. We have other ideas for other podcasts that we want to test out and bring to you. And some of that is a video game podcast, a cooking podcast. I mean, it's going to be other stuff, but it's also podcasts that if you're a Patreon user, you'll be the first one to actually get to listen to and hear them every week if when we do them. So subscribe. Don't subscribe. It doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. We're still going to be here every week. We're going to bring you your one Titans-filled yeah. episode. And yeah, let me, let me emphasize nothing that. Nothing really changes if you don't subscribe. Let me emphasize that. That what you're currently hearing with the Titans podcast, we're not locking that behind any kind of paywall. I mean, obviously, we're still going to keep bringing the same weekly content that you're getting. It's just that we want to be able to produce extra content. For instance, if we have a guest on and we have some supplemental content with them that you might find interesting or funny, you know, that's the kind of stuff that we're going to put with a tier and we're going to include, you know, like things like being able to ask, you know, we'll have certain questions from those that are on a certain tier that that will get asked to our guests. And that's just kind of an idea, just things that we're throwing out there. But and we welcome ideas. So yeah. if you have an idea for a tier or for a uh, something inside that tier that you find, hey, this would actually be worth $5 or this would be worth $10 if you did this, fwordspod at gmail.com. Do not send to internetkeith at gamblersanonymous. <laughs> fwordspod at gmail.com. And just let us know. You can also PayPal me. <laughs> <laughs> so Patreon, is it live? It is live. It went live uh, uh, July 1st, but we had issues, so I didn't promote it. Okay. And then when will we have all the tiers defined? They are defined right now. Okay, great. So you can go, where th- Where can they go and check it out? Patreon.com slash FWordsPod. So I kind of want to end the last part of this by saying, and, and Zach hinted at this at the beginning, separate from the Patreon thing, you know, one of the stuff that we want to use Patreon to fund is events that we want to do to to get involved with you all as listeners, as Titans fans, and some of those things are, you know, we want to do tailgates. We want to get people, you know, to be able to interact with us that way. Definitely one of the Patreon tiers we want to have kind of, you know, be able to float out there that, hey, look, you can come have a beer with us, come have a bite to eat with us, you know, just pick our brain and bullshit with us. I don't know how interesting you might find us in real life. You might walk away and think, what a bunch of weirdos. I'm never doing that again. I need to cleanse myself. But hey, look, <laughs> if that's your bag, you know, we'll, we'll be able to give you the opportunity to do that. But in all seriousness, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you know, we wouldn't have gotten to this point without you all. And the whole point why we're making these changes and being able to distribute our content wider is so that we can bring you better content. We can bring you better sounding content, better guests. But at the end of the day, like Zach said, we the three of us do have full-time jobs. And we need you all's help. And, and the biggest thing you can do is to share like retweet subscribe to our content and subscribe to our newsletter 
And and if you do join Patreon, speaking of ads and sponsorships and stuff, they will, most of the episodes should be ad free. I'd have to figure out how to do that once we get sure. ads and do all that, but you will have access to ad free content. And if you own a business or work for a business, uh, especially brewery specific or a uh, sporting specific, or even if it's like a bar or whatever, you know, we're looking for sponsorship opportunities and you can email me at fwordspod at gmail.com. We have packets ready for you. And uh, we have different tiers for sponsorship. We want to do live events and live recordings. And that's that's kind of our future is getting a little bit more out there and and bringing, bringing you exclusive content. I think Mike is being able to go to training camp uh, with a press pass. Oh, shit. Uh, he's trying to get me one as his uh, camera guy. <laughs> so I don't know, but I will be there for probably a couple of the days of training nice. camp. And so we want to, you know, bring you exclusive content. That'd be that, awesome. That won't be behind a Patreon wall this year, but it could be next year. So, yeah. you know, like I said, we, we don't know what the future holds, but we know that we'll at least be here at least once a week. Well, so, you know, look, if you, if you like the sound of this, you know, send us a, send us a DM or DMs open. Can you yeah, slide into yeah, our think, DMs? Yeah, I got, I got all kinds of... <laughs> I got, I got really ni- get really nice DMs. Slide on in. It's so warm. Oh, yeah. my God. So... I, <laughs> send us Travis a invited himself on the podcast send us, the very first time. Send us a DM. Send us an email. If you hate it, send us a DM. Send us an email. Let us know. Seriously, either way, let us know. Whoop. If you've got tips to get you know keith off the uh the gambling bug <laughs> we yeah. will we'll absolutely welcome that we may not share them with them we'll just laugh in his face and read them on the uh on the uh, podcast yeah so let's switch gears um let's stop we're talking free. about we're free yeah it's independence hey, day so this is a this yeah. podcast will come out this friday is, it's independence day this for is us, uh, we're back we're back free right yeah. now beholden to no one we are beholden to no one happy independence efforts so you yeah, don't have to independence day so you YouTube, don't have to listen to an ad on this podcast do you Nope. There's not one ad. There's not one ad this year. Brought to you by Keith's gambling addiction. And yeah. freedom. God help us. We've got to break him of this shit. I'm going to have to call him Gambling Keith now. It's not even going to be <laughs> Internet Keith. It's not Internet Keith anymore. Can gambling we, Keith. Can we change it to Riverboat Keith? No. Aww. Ooh, I like Riverboat Keith. Yeah, but it doesn't really ring as like Riverboat yeah, Ron. Riverboat Ron. Riverboat Ron's too special. Riverboat Ron's one of those I can't bite his style. It, 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 it only comes around once in a yeah. lifetime. Um, all right. We want to talk about Cosell was on Midday 180 today. Yes. Uh, Greg Cosell. Uh, obviously, if you have heard his content, he does very in-depth, very spectacular film breakdown. Um, and was on today and did an entire segment on uh, Marcus Mariota. And did he review all of his um, 2018 films? Is that kind of yes, what he did? all the passing snaps. Okay, all the passing snaps. Um, full disclosure, I have not heard this segment. Work was all up in my colon and I uh, was not very happy about it today. So I didn't get to hear any of it, but um, I know that they've got it posted as a podcast at Midday 180. I'll go ahead and pimp their shit. But um, at the same time, I like Cosell's um, takes because it's uh, it's very analytical. Just looks at the film, gives you his opinion, and uh, I really like his style. So Zach uh, took copious amounts of notes on it, I've heard. And he's going to kind of walk us through what he heard. And uh, Keith and I are going to react to it. And just, uh, yeah. He, I'll, I'll start, let's start off talking about this. He's hesitant to say that Marcus will improve. Or what you see is not what you're going to get in the future. and It's going to get better. Now, 
it can get better, and he thinks a lot of it has to do with coaching Marcus differently. And what I thought was interesting was how he thought that him playing at Oregon was is actually was a is a hindrance and has kind of messed up him for four years of training and nobody's really or what he perceives because he doesn't know when he says when and when I talk about this tonight he says that this is something that should be coached or it can be coached we really don't know if the coaches have been or have not been coaching him differently well let's no no one can know let's start there with the what did Greg give an opinion on why playing at Oregon is a was a hindrance? Yeah, so it basically has to do with him not wanting to turn it loose in tight windows. So that that was the big overarching theme was uh, basically his lack of anticipation throws. And a lot of people say, well, Marcus anticipates a lot of throws, and he throws in you know anticipating this and blah blah blah. Well. It's not, he's not saying he's never done it, but he's also saying what you are perceiving as anticipation throws and not anticipation throws. But in Oregon, the scheme that Chip Kelly ran and then Mark Helfrick ran gets receivers wide open. So he doesn't have to throw into a tight window. And here in the NFL, yes, open windows happen, large windows and happen and everything, but everybody's throwing in tight windows and Marcus has a real hard time just letting loose. We know he's not a Jameis Winston or Jay Cutler or Brett Favre, but Rex Grossman. Yeah. But he doesn't do it enough to where, to where it's, it, it scares opposing defenses. Okay. So basically his, his idea is that it's a system and he's a system quarterback and that's kind of held him back in the NFL much like Texas Tech quarterbacks were system quarterbacks who couldn't succeed in the NFL for a long time. Right. So it's basically, it's kind of like what everybody says about Jared Goff. Yeah. Jared Goff is a system quarterback and, you know, McVay is the reason. Very true. But he, he also went from Jeff Fisher to straight to McVay. So we don't, there was no in between. It was offense, no offense to Jeff Fisher. Let's, yeah. let's put this on someone other than Jeff. Let's put it on his offensive coordinator. But he went from trash offensive coordinator to, uh, the god of all offense in the 21st century. So, I mean, J- yes, Jared Goff is a system quarterback. Marcus is unfortunately a system quarterback where the system needs to be molded around him. And it's it's a little bit different because what Jared Goff has in smoother mechanics is what how he put it, Marcus makes up for athletically. But that's also a hindrance on third downs for the Titans and the Titans offense. Okay. So where did Cosell take it from there? So Cosell, he kind of talked about the quarterback spy because I think it was Chad that talked about the up uptick of quarterback spy defenses across the field towards the end of the year. And so what he said is defenses aren't scared of Marcus on third down they're not technically too scared of Marcus's throwing ability regardless, but third down, they would rather him try to beat him through the air than beat him on the ground. Yeah. So that, that's an that's a indictment, in my opinion, a kind of scathing indictment on what defenses think of Marcus, and it kind of worked for the majority of the time is what Greg said. Did it work every time? No. He, he had great third down 
stats uh, this past year. But, you know, it, 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 they could be better. All of Marcus's stats could be better. I yeah. think we're all in agreement of that. Sure. So what they're doing is keeping in a quarterback spy so he doesn't, so he can't run it as much on right. third down. So if he could throw it in tight windows and make the throws out of and get the quarterback spy out of there, the offense could open up more, but Marcus has to make them scared of the pass, and he has yet to do that. So at any point in your description of what you heard today, are you going to be able to take a hot shit all over LaFleur's offense? Well, uh, not particularly what Greg Cosell said, uh, because he said that Greg Cosell did a really good job of getting receivers in position to for Marcus to take advantage of it. Okay. But what we saw is that Marcus didn't a lot of time. And, of course, there was the right side of the offensive line that Cassell did bring up, uh, talking about uh, the right side makes Marcus see colors, the opposing team's colors, and right. he is not very good under pressure. And he said, well, every team, every Sunday has pressure they have to face. Just sometimes you got to stand up in the pocket and take it and throw the ball. Yes, and- but also in his defense here, like if you're playing with an injury and all the injuries he was playing with, you're probably a little bit more skittish getting that ball out. Oh, that's true. But yes, but, in an but, ideal world, in, in, yeah. In in to be contrarian to that, yeah. That's when you throw the ball away instead of tucking it and running it. Sure. Okay. So yeah. that that's that's the thing is a little bit different. Yeah. But speaking of hot shits on Lafleur, I mean that was pretty much it on what Cosell said. It was a bunch of he's. He doesn't take the chances that he needs to take to reach that next level. Is it coachable? Yes. Do we know if he has been coached like that? We have no clue. Sure. And so he could be coached like that, and it's just in his DNA. That's something you can't really tell on on film. We don't know what's in his DNA right now, but because we're we're not privy to what's going on in the classrooms. But speaking of hot shit on Lafleur. <laughs> Warren Sharp puts out a book every year called 2019 Football Preview, where he details in, I mean, just every team and everything you can think of from efficiency rate, run pass ratios, personnel groupings. I mean, everything. If you are a football nerd, go buy this on Amazon.com. But he just put out his 2019 one, and he took a big old heaping shit on Matt LaFleur. <laughs> so to situate this in our new setup here. It looks what it looks like you're holding is one of those Prima video game guides to like yeah. Assassin's Creed. It's kind of like an almanac. Yeah, it looks like an almanac. So to speak on Matt LaFleur specifically, let's let's talk about Exotic Smash Mouth. What did what did you two guys hate the most about Exotic Smash Mouth? Well, first off, the name. Yeah. <laughs> the name is a tr- the name sounds like You something- don't have an exotic Smash Mouth shirt? No, that sounds like something I'm going to pick up off the buffet at Golden Corral. Uh give me the exotic Smash Mouth. <laughs> my my issue with it was that it was it was like I get wanting to zag when everyone else is zigging, but when <laughs> there's an obvious reason that everyone is zigging and the zag clearly doesn't work and is antiquated that's not the time to, to lean in. Yeah, seriously. It's like deciding that, well, everybody else is building ships out of steel. We're going to build it out of cotton. That's, that, would that, be, that would be the equivalent of in the, in the NBA today. If you were like, you know what everybody's doing? Shooting three-pointers. You know what we should do? Not shoot single three-pointer all game. So let's talk about Exotic Smash Mouth. 
In 2016, 54% run rate on first down. So that means 54% of the first down plays they ran with a 52% success rate. That's not bad. It's not, it's not bad at all. 51% in 2017, still exotic smash mount, and 45% success rate. So success rate dropped tremendously. This year, 56% run rate on first down. That means 56% of the time we ran on first down with a 44% success rate. So that means Matt LaFleur called more, more runs than Exotic Smash Mouth, any year of Exotic Smash Mouth, and had the worst success rate than any year of Exotic Smash Mouth. Gross. If I would have told you that, would you really have noticed that? I would have believed it. You would have believed it? I, I do recall like every first down us basically running the ball. And we had the second highest run rate in the NFL on first downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. It was, it was uh, usually with Deion Lewis, too. And then, so... What's worse, on first down runs in the first half, when the offense is theoretically not constrained by score differential time remaining. So it should be easier to run, or you should be a little bit more successful at the end of the game. Tennessee ranked 29th in yards per carry. So we weren't even good in the f- when you're supposed to be good. When you're supposed to be good running the ball, we weren't even good. Well, I wonder if that's because... I don't know. But on passes in the same situation... Uh, the Titans were actually above the league average in success rate. So we were actually better passing when we should have been r- instead of running, which has been typically the opposite direction. Okay, so what do you take away from this? Like, what, what, what what's kind of your overall thoughts on LaFleur just by reading through this? That, that he didn't really play to the strengths, and he really relied too heavily on Deion Lewis and... Here, here's something that is odd that I would never have known if, if I didn't buy this book. And there's, there's seven or eight pages of, of stuff in here. So there's so much you can learn. Has good fantasy information. If you're a fantasy guy, this is the best book to get, in my opinion. But Because it details all the teams, all the players. But Matt LaFleur, we ran a lot of 11 personnel. And I know, you know that's one running back, one tight end. I should have asked, asked you. I still wouldn't have got it right. And three wide receivers. And three wide receivers or three receivers. And we ran a lot of 11 personnel. We knew we were going to run a lot of 11 personnel. But apparently that is Marcus's worst personnel grouping to throw from. And we, I think LaFleur tried to be too cute. And he tried to use the running backs too much. In the, in the wrong way, passing to the running back was the least successful passes that Marcus threw from a yard standpoint. And what did everybody talk about? Oh, well, Dion is much more efficient than everybody else. Well, Dion actually wasn't that efficient. He was one of the least efficient running backs, and Sharp details it in here. And the reason D- Derrick Henry started getting, he was more efficient, but they weren't using him correctly because they needed the running backs in the passing situation, which Dion while got it done, was not, again, efficient. Efficient is better than anything else. You need efficiency. Efficiency is positive yards, positive gains, and all that kind of stuff in certain situations. And Matt LaFleur, to me, went back. He had a worse offense. It it looked cooler, and it looked better because his route concepts were really great. Uh, something that Cosell and uh, Sharp talked about was Corey Davis's emergence mm-hmm. in one-on-one coverage. He excelled in one one-on-one coverage a lot. 
the stats were pretty much better, but the overall effectiveness of the offense was not. Stats stats are good. Effectiveness is better. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm going to first shit on Lafleur a little bit, and then I'm going to defend him in a way. So, uh, starting it off with the the thing I noticed. I mean, I I did notice that we ran the ball an overwhelming amount on first down. Which, what are did you know? Did you read any other teams and know like kind of what their split was on first down? Uh, I did not, but I know with if we did it fifty six percent of the times, there's was only one team that was worse. Okay, so better than us. I yeah. mean, we're second. Um, I did notice that he was extremely inflexible throughout the year, like. Things that didn't work didn't change. We didn't we didn't adapt to our changing circumstances. We just kind of kept going out with the same game plan, and and that drove me insane. With that said, there was very little possibility of that offense uh, performing well, considering the injuries that happened. Well, and and here here's kind of what he said. He says, "Yes, I understand that." And this sharp. Yes, I understand Marcus had injury problems mm-hmm. and all this stuff, but just because you're too scared to throw it doesn't mean you shouldn't throw it. Sure. And but that, I, I'm and, speaking also yeah. of Delaney and right. Johnny and everything else, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just not... He wasn't great by any means, but there, there were extenuating circumstances, but yeah, I mean, obviously Sharp knows what he's talking about. Right. So. Anything else? Uh no, I think that's good. I mean, I think I think if you want to hear more, I'm sure Big Mike's gonna borrow this book and I'll never see it again because he still has my 2018 <laughs> book. Uh, but uh, I'm sure there'll be stuff that I'll put out on our Twitter feed here and there, and then stuff that me and Big Mike will get into later. But it's a it's a it's a really good read because you you see stuff because he compares it to the previous year. You see a lot of things that you may not normally see. You you won't see it anywhere else. It's it's a better depiction of efficiency on offense and defense. He's almost 100% dead right on win totals for the year. And uh, we'll talk about win totals on another episode, gambling and all that kind of stuff. Sorry, Keith. Gotcha. Probably shouldn't be here. It's oh. a trigger. Well. Um, but uh, we got a lot of stuff that we could talk about in the future and a lot of topics and stuff. I have a question real quick. Um, how accessible is it as a book? It, like, uh, to if- Amazon. No, but like if you are a beginner of football knowledge, if you're intermediate, would you be able to pick this up and, and yeah. get it? Yeah, when I got it the, for the first year last year and I also got the 2017 one, I mean, I I know uh, some about football, but I learn a lot about football. Okay. And he doesn't throw in terms without explaining the term somewhere else in the book or on that page as well. Okay, so let's move to... Um, the NFL uh, collective bargaining agreement, which it's actually, it's a little strange to me that it's already coming up, but uh, an article that was put out today by uh, Dan uh, Graziano ESPN, um, which I'm a little surprised because ESPN's content in season is not very good. I'm surprised that off season they've had such, you know, they've actually had some pretty good articles that have come out lately. And this is actually a spectacular one. And the article basically starts off with that, it's kind of it's very rare that the NFL and the NFLPA are already sitting down to the table and talking CBA. In the past, CBA usually goes up until the 11th hour 
and then they start talking and that creates problems. It creates lockouts and it creates, you know, game stoppage, work stoppages. So it's a little strange that the 2021 season in which the new CBA would have to be in place, they're already sitting out and talking about it, but the article does a good job of saying, well, this is why. And the reason why is because there's nine very hot button issues that have to be worked out. And that, that's kind of where I want to go with this a little bit. I want to talk about a few of those things and see what uh, Zach, you and Keith thought about these, because they are some actual like big linchpin issues that have been heavily floating over the head of the NFL for quite a while. The first one I want to open up with is um, an 18 game season is, is one of the big topics that they're bringing in. And really where I want to go with this is I have not been able to read the article fully, so I don't expect the three of us to break it down, but I kind of want to get you all's opinions on some of these and, and kind of our understanding of why it would be such a big deal. So an 18 game season, I mean, just general thoughts, Keith, like, what do you think? Do you like that? Just the sound of it right off the bat? Uh, I mean, of course it's more football Uh, from a fan perspective. It's, it's ideal. Uh, You're, you're, I believe the the idea is that you're taking away two preseason games that nobody gives a shit about. That's really only that's really only important for the guys who are on the bubble to make the team. Those are the only guys that are going to suffer from this. Um, so, I mean, from a fan perspective, from a major star players perspective, from an owner perspective, this is what you want. This is more revenue for the owners. This is more revenue for the players. So that's, that point you made, and I don't mean to cut you off, the point you made about major star players are probably going to like this. Why would a major star like this as opposed to, I don't know, give me an example. <laughs> uh, I mean, they get they get parts of the revenue for, you know, games and ticket sales and all that stuff. But And, the, and they get a, a couple more chances to hit some uh, in regular in-season yeah. bonus uh, bonuses for like, certain rush yards or certain games right. played or something yeah. like that too. Which is funny that you bring that up because the, obviously the revenue split is one of the other big topics that's listed in this article. So that's definitely, I feel like that's going to tie hand in hand with an 18 game season is that if you start to look at player safety, which is what the NFLPA is going to balk back on and, and rightfully so, then they're going to want a bigger portion of the revenue split. Um, but I agree with Keith from a fan standpoint, I'm all about it if it gets rid of a couple of preseason games because preseason is just, it's intolerable to me. I, I can't remember the last time I've been to a Titans preseason game. I, you would think that the guy that loves football and loves fantasy football the most would probably be all about an 18 game season, but it's gotta be a scheduling nightmare. There's going to be two bye weeks. You're going to have to keep up with. Uh, that's one of the things that has to go in, which I don't understand for two more games. You really need another bye week. I mean, I, fucking I lazy assholes. Do. I think they do need another bye week, honestly. Well, hell, some of them want to play in the playoffs. And what's that? An extra couple of games, <laughs> too. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm personally against extra bye week more than anything. Cause I, I if you think ha- you're re- you're unnecessarily making the game longer. Well, here, here's my argument for the extra bye week. If you have the extra bye week, it makes it easier to accommodate the Thursday night football followed by a bye situation which is how it should be because that shortened week is kind of brutal i, I guess it would be the opposite right it, uh, yeah it would be before the yeah, something like that game yeah or whatever 
Um, I mean, I get it. I mean, it's it's really a better way for them to get the London games yeah. and get a little bit more worldwide, which is more money, more revenue. I understand. It's just I'm okay with this. I'm okay with the 16 games right now. I I don't think that honestly, I think if you, if you have to choose from this list, and we'll get to the other ones in a second, but if you have to choose from this list. From a player's perspective, this is not the one they're fighting for. This is probably, I, and really, it's yeah. not the one that fans should be advocating for one way or another. It's it's not going to make that big of a difference. I mean, really, if you're a season ticket holder and makes it more expensive for you, and all the games you have to go to extra, the money you're spending extra at those games. I mean, as a fan, you, I mean, as a fan that watches at home, sure, but they could see. T- I mean, it could price people out of current that are right on the teetering of season tickets every year. So I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's one of those things that is great in theory. Mm-hmm. It's great as a fan say, Hey, we're going to get two extra games. Right. I just, but in the big scheme of things, it seems like it's really too more, more, much more complicated for both sides, the owner side and the player side to really fuck around with. Yeah. I think the owners would want it most, but they don't, they wouldn't want it that much. Yeah. I agree. Out of the list that's on this article, I feel that the 18 game season is something that if you've got to throw something out of the negotiations to kind of get some of the others pushed forward, I think this would be one of them because there's some other big ones. I mean, one of the ones I'm going to next is the NFL drug policy, specifically marijuana. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is a no-brainer. I think the penalty for marijuana use or testing positive for it is going to be dropped pretty significantly. If if it, you're not if you're not banning alcohol, then you shouldn't ban right. marijuana because I, it takes the same level of self-control either way to not show up drunk and not show up blitzed out of your mind. I wouldn't be surprised actually if you saw something along the lines of there's not going to be any drug testing for marijuana anymore. Unless, like, if you're arrested or something outside of the facility to where it becomes a legal issue. Right. I think if you're arrested in a state that is driving under the influence is not allowed, then I think that you should be banned from having marijuana for a certain amount of time until you get through a certain amount of drug tests, and then then you can have it back. I mean, I think there should be penalties like that for people sure. who... I mean, if, if Dante Stallworth kills someone for drunk driving... And nobody sent him to an alcohol anonymous or AA or addiction center and all yeah. this stuff. Then you're not helping the players either way. Yeah, I mean, if you're not helping yourselves with your image, and you're not helping the players get better, and that's, I mean, yeah, that kind of goes into player safety. And but if you want to be there for the players, you need to kind of be there in a, I don't want to say a fatherly role, but a guidance counselor kind right. of role instead of just saying. Well, he got a, you know arrested for drunk driving, or got arrested with pot in the car, you know, you know. I know that's. I mean, you know, uh, you still get suspended, I guess, for that anyway. But yeah. I mean, I think he, for drug test purposes, I think he should have that as a punishment too. Well, and and I, that's that's kind of my thoughts on this is that I could see the elimination of testing for marijuana as a random policy, um, but if you break some sort of law outside of the facility could you be resubjected to drug testing including marijuana yeah I'm, i i could see that and i'd be fine with it also you know the teams could also handle it internally to where look i mean they're going to be fine with you using marijuana for pain management or recreational or whatever you want to do but if you're showing up high you know the, the kind of usual stuff that any job would not have a 
not be okay with, you're going to be subject to team discipline to which, you know, players get suspended all the time for team policy. You know, so-and-so is sitting out the, you know, first game of the season because they broke team rules or something. Right. You didn't show up to the photo shoot. And so Leonard Fournette's <laughs> now not going to play Sunday, but um, I don't want to talk about Leonard Fournette. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to keep coming back to this just because I find it interesting from a negotiation perspective this is going to be something that the owners are going to fight if only because it doesn't hurt them in any way. So it's something they need in the chamber for to get something else passed that they want. So in order for them not to give up more of the revenue share, they're going to say, Hey, listen, we get it. You guys like to smoke marijuana or some of y'all like to smoke marijuana. Yeah, we get it. How about if you, you know, don't take a couple of points off of the revenue share or whatever, we let you guys smoke weed. This is going to be a consent or uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, This is they're going to concede this to the players, but they're going to make them pay for it some other way. I mean, it's it is probably the most. uh, It's 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 the weapon that they can use against the players in these negotiations the the most effectively. I could see yeah. that. I agree with that. I could see that, but the I could see it be a concession that leads into my next one, which is uh basically how do they put it in here? The commissioner's discipline power. Because that's a big one. This is something that both the players and the owners have had it with because there are way too many examples of discipline being rolled out for one player that seems vastly harsher for another. So do, let me ask you this in the, in the terms of the power structure, you're, you're not annoyed or not against the power that he has just that he's w- wielded it inconsistently. Is, is, I mean, that's, yeah. that's my issue is yeah, the inconsistency. But I, I kind of think that's one and the same. Okay. Is that, the commissioner's power is what has enabled the commissioner to be able to wield it in the haphazard manner that he has. Look, I can't stand the Patriots. They drive me up the wall. We can, I can argue that till the end of the earth, but I will never think that it's, you know, not ridiculous that Brady's suspension for supposedly deflating a football was worse than players lately for brutally beating a spouse or a girlfriend or it, that to me is just so out there. And I know the, uh, the players of course are absolutely tired of it. You see it all the time. Players tweet out that you know about discipline and punishment. The owners of course are tired of it too, because they're having to play this tightrope game of do I suspend or release a player before they're convicted of something, because if I don't, the commissioner could come back down on our heads and now they're going to suspend X star player for a season. And now I'm stuck with this gargantuan contract that I'm sitting on. If I had just pulled the trigger earlier, I could have gotten them out and not, you know, paid an extra year, what, however it works out. Right. So I think this one is non-negotiable. I, I do believe the commissioner's powers will be reduced. And I agree with you. Something's going to have to be the concession to get there. And I could see that two of them being the 18 game season and um, marijuana use because all the other stuff that's listed here is all stuff that directly affects the, uh, the pocketbook of owners. And let's be honest here. 
the owners are going to be the ones that control the majority of the strings here. When you've got topics on there like revenue split, stadium credits, um, franchise tag and fifth year option, lifetime health care, former player benefits, all these kind of stuff cost owners directly. So if, if the NFLPA is going to make headway on those topics, I'm with Keith that they're going to drop the first. OK, 18 game season. Stop fucking talking about that. Right. You know, um, marijuana use is what we're going to do. We're going to reduce the penalty, but we're not going any further than that. If, if they're if they drug test for it, if they're caught with it. You know, it's hypothetical. I'm just throwing it out there, but I agree. I could see that they would they would give up concessions on those because I fully expect them to come pretty hard on uh, commissioner power. I don't know. See, I agree that it's weird and it's it's an issue, but if you look at it from a percentage basis, yes, it's affected Tom Brady. Yes, it's affected Ezekiel Elliott, and it's those are two of the bigger markets. Those are two of the louder owners, but. From a percentage basis, most, and I'm kind of stealing this from the article, most of this is, or most of the players don't get suspended, so they never really run into this. I do think he is super inconsistent, like Zach said, but I I don't think it's a major issue. It's certainly something they shouldn't fight tooth and nail for and give up some of these more important things, in my opinion. I think that the uh, player healthcare for life is much more important for them. I think that some of these other things on this list are are much more important. I would put this towards the bottom. Well, and and I think to Lebowski's one of the earliest points he made, it's something that the, both the owners and the players want. I think Goodell's just fucked on this. I mean, good. This is between the owners and as representative yes. of the NFL. Yeah. I mean, he's gonna. The owners are gonna tell him, you, you know, hey, we're we're. We're with the players on this one, but here's how we should structure it. And it's, it's not something that I don't. I don't think there's going to be a lot of contention around this between the owners and the players. Maybe between the owners and and Goodell. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. No, I, but the owners and the players. I I think this is going to be a pretty much one of the quickest or first things to get passed. That's interesting. Um, I I agree. I think it's only because. I don't think there is any concession to give up on this, right? Because the owners are the ones who hire the commissioner. So if he does, if the commissioner doesn't want to agree to these rules, what's to say they can't just kick his ass out exactly, <laughs> and start the negotiating with a new commissioner? I'm like you. I think this is a first quick thing to go. I don't yeah. even think there is concession to give up on this. I know you guys haven't probably thought about this and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but I just don't understand. I don't know what the solution to this issue is. It's going to have to. Is it a committee? Is it a ombudsman? Like what's what's the solution? I was kind of thinking of that when when you guys were talking and it's it's going to have to be. I I, I think it all still comes from Goodell, but there's going to have to be stricter rules that Goodell has to abide by. Okay. Uh, and like, okay, so like some like, kind of stru- yeah, like your principal. Yeah. So your principal has, you know, I don't know. If you if you're late to a class, you get this. If you're late to this, you get those two things. And okay. so everybody general, follows a guidebook, yeah. right? I mean, there there's no handbook in the NFL necessarily that Goodell has to follow. And sure. I think that is the solution because getting too many people involved is just going to be confusing when a suspension happens and who you appeal to. I think the appeals process is fine. I I really have no issue with it. I mean, the inconsistencies are because there's not there's no there, there's, standards. There's no standards, and I think that it's going to take uh, play the NFLPA and the players and the and a few owner representatives, and I think someone on the outside like 
uh, a Jeff Fisher or someone who's been both that is easy to get along with and knows the rule book inside and out for both on the field and off the field and has dealt with troubled superstars. I mean, I would bring in someone like that too and sit down and hammer out the guidelines that, okay, Goodell, I mean, you still have the power and you still are the authority, but here's how your authority is done. I, I agree. And, and let me clarify my statement a little bit. I don't presume that this is going to be an easy one and done topic to be able to fix how players are disciplined because you've got some obvious problems with player John Smith is accused of hitting his wife. The reaction to that is going to be very strong, right? But we are a country built around innocent until proven guilty. You can debate how that is handled and how players are, are not players, but people are persecuted in the media and things like that. But at the end of the day, is it right to punish a player before they're convicted? Right. So in other words, it, you it, can't, it's better right. to, I think what they did with Kareem Hunt or maybe it's Tyreek and, and sometimes the teams are pretty quick to do this too, is you're suspended indefinitely until investigation. Concludes. Well, sure. And so and, and that, and that to me, I think is fair. I think the problem has always been, well, Tyreek Hill, this is a second offense, you know, uh, you know, shooting someone or beating, you know, up his wife or whatever he has done this time. And he gets two games. Whereas, um, uh, Josh Gordon, who repeatedly, you know, has dr- his first drug offense, I think was four games. Like it's that those inconsistencies, I think right. they get and, people more riled up than anything. And so that's my point here is this, you're not going to be able to fix the obvious flaws. Like I just pointed out. Right. But I think the fix quote unquote of, of having a change is going to be something along with what Keith just said, like an om, om, is it ombuds, om, ombudsman, I ombudsman. Ombudsman to where you're going to have this neutral party, almost like an HR party that's going to be like, look, here's the transparency part. This is the punishment I'm recommending to the to the uh, commissioner, to the league. The commissioner can choose to follow it. If the commissioner doesn't choose to follow it, they have to explain their actions so that there's like this transparent action of ombudsman recommended six games. The commissioner decided to suspend for a season, and here's why. Or if the commissioner decides to go light, in other words, some more transparency so that there is a little more and, kind of control and, on yeah, it. Yeah, I got one point to make after sure. Keith. Yeah, gambling. Here's Keith. my thing. Who wants to do that job? You're right. I mean, there's got to be someone be the, out there. Very unpopular Keith, man. Yeah. People but, get paid in this country to put puppies to sleep. Yeah. I guarantee you, pay someone enough salary, they'll do this. The job. NFL I'll do doesn't it. have I'll the money. I'll do it. Hey, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do the job. I'll, I will I'll do it. You pay me two hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, just just came in. Andrew Luck uh, oh, said a God. naughty word on his. Uh, I would be awful. Book club, five game suspension. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Andrew Luck. Um, I don't like the tone and tenor of the way he read Clifford the Big Red Dog last week. That five six games. games. Yeah. That, that six game suspension will be all of the division games yeah. <laughs> that he plays. And, and let me let me. I want to bring this up again because I brought this up during the Ezekiel Elliott case, and I people forget they have under the, their employ former FBI CIA operatives. As the, those are when they say NFL investigators, it's not Magnum PI balding and 500 pounds and it's or something like that it's it's actual fbi cia former investigators i think there's a couple army investigators they're professionals right yeah just because a corrupt local law enforcement 
decided or a DA has decided it's not worth pursuing this case. Cause let me tell you what a DA's chooses his case and what it's going to pursue and what it tells these. It's all based around elections. Okay. So just because Joe Schmo, uh, district attorney decided, well, I got election years coming up. I don't really want to be the guy to suspend, you know, the Dallas be responsible for Dallas Cowboys losing six games in a row. You know, that will really hurt my contingent. I'm going to let's drop the case or, you know, blah, blah, blah. These, these investigators are better than them. And so that's why NFL always does its separate investigation because they have better investigators than yep. the local law enforcement. Well, all right. We're going to navigate out of this topic. Um, it's a very good article. Yeah, we, got, we got a little can, rabbit hole we, we on did. that one. Can I, can I bring up one last one that I'm passionate about for yeah. this article? The franchise tag. Are you against a franchise tag or for the franchise? I'm, I'm anti-franchise tag, or at least I want it to be for one year only. Okay. It need it, there's too much like the tagging over and over and over again. I hate that. So you're, I, I say, think, you're and, saying and, a team shouldn't be able to re-tag a player. Yeah, you can like only the Kirk Cousins once. fiasco. Right. Yeah. Um which I like it's not gonna affect that many cases. Right. But I mean, I would honestly I know this would hurt us as a small market team. Right. That's my big concern. But I would prefer it to be gone completely. Let let me ask you this, Keith. This is what I was thinking when I first read this topic was what if the franchise tag was used as an extension to get a deal done? And so, okay, so let's say you used it one year and you want to use it a second year, but on that second year, it's just to extend them not hitting free agency. And you have to get a contract done in a certain time frame where they do hit free agency that year. As long as it doesn't affect like games or anything. Right, like right. That, like, yeah. okay, so let's say the or, franchise tags are due in May yeah. or no, March yeah. before something. They're they're due around March, April or something like that. So you're supposed to announce it and use it. Well, by June 1st or somewhere along there, you have a month to get your negotiations. Yeah, done. I would say that's fair. I, and I think that's a good way to use the franchise tag and also help the players because then the the team doesn't have all the leverage because they still they have to they have to get their shit together and get a, get the player a new contract although that would that would hinder a lot of teams from going into free agency and but it, if the well, guy walks I, right then you just have all this cap and you missed out on free agencies like the first you know yeah i mean well, i think june's a little late but i mean i think i mean i do think I, it's I like march maybe idea. april or yeah. something there, there's a way to do it maybe your franchise tags have to be in at the end of the super bowl and by the beginning of the league year then you have to have it started or they hit that day in free agency i think hey, do you have any assault it any opinions on franchise tags no and you know why why because i literally don't know how they work that's why i don't <laughs> have an opinion on it We're, i mean it, we'll get into that on yeah. another podcast about how shit like that works because I really do enjoy our talks where we kind of go through it. But yeah, that's why I don't have an opinion because I I understand what you all are talking about, but I don't know when they're applied and all that. So yeah, I'm just I mean, Jadavion Clowney is still just sitting out there and nobody's talking about it. <laughs> he doesn't have a deal and he's just franchise tagged. And is he showing up to practices? Is he not? I have no idea. They don't even have a general manager. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's insane. It's an insane situation. The Texans such a well oiled machine. Yeah. Well, so like I opened the podcast and talked about, today is July the 3rd. It is Wednesday. Tomorrow is a glorious holiday. Actually, one of my favorite holidays of the year, 4th of July. And I like it because it's basic as fuck. 
Like it is about grilling relatively cheap food, blowing shit up and having the day off work. Like it really, it doesn't get more simple than that. Don't get me wrong. I'm a cook. I'm a foodie. I really like holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas because you really get to show out, cook really extravagant stuff, have all the family over. It's cozy, all that garbage, right? But the 4th of July is literally setting a grill on fire, putting meat on that fiery grill, taking the meat off and pushing it in your face, and then setting an explosive on fire and letting it blow up. Don't get those. Don't get those mixed up for freedom. Yeah, for freedom. (laughs) For freedom. So Zach has some Fourth of July questions for us. Is that right? I have no idea where he's going with this. So, so I want. I want to know. Some some pool etiquette has come up recently on Twitter. It's kind of like the leg leg showering thing that you know some people don't wash their legs or something like that. It's wash your legs. Do you have um? Do you have some light patriotic music for us? I do. Uh, Hold on. Can you Just put like a marching you, drum and a bugle horn? I don't mean to put you on the spot because he was clearly not. I really that, like that. There so, it is. <laughs> let, let me ask you a question. Do you guys pee in the pool? Uh, depends on how drunk I am. Yeah, absolutely. So, so pretty so, much once you're in the pool, I you're mean, peeing. Because you always drink when you're swimming, right? I mean, I do. I mean, if I'm like... A six pack in, then yeah, I'm probably gonna pee in that. Listen, pool. this is why I don't like going to water parks as an adult, because they're not really okay with yeah. you being slaughtered drunk in the uh, in the in the lazy river, right? Right. So Even though that's what it should be for. Okay, so you're swimming around in a bunch of urine, right? Sure. Yep. Do do, but it's chlorine. It's chlorine. It's chemicals. Do you all take Science. a shower right after you get home? Or do you shower that night? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I, I just feel gross. Do you? Yeah. I, I the feel, chemicals are I, I mean, I do. Some, yeah. Sometimes. Your skin feels tight. Yeah. Weird. I don't like it. Okay. How many hot dogs can you guys eat in one sitting if you hadn't ate anything all oh my day? God. I think I could do probably six or seven if I hadn't ate anything all day. If I hadn't ate anything all day, I, I put it between eight and ten. I want to say eight, but it's probably six. Okay, but what? It's are, the bread. The bread gets me. Okay, yeah. So bread. You can make. You can do it can any way you a, want, but can, you have to have bread. Can they be bread a, and meat? So just a basic bitch bun. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be an overstuffed bakery no. bun. Okay, but the hot dog. Are we talking about like just a regular size six inch ballpark? Okay, so you know, not just like a gentleman no. six incher. <laughs> just a gentleman <laughs> six incher. Not these fucking like. Right girthy kosher like you see it in a adult film and it just makes you depressed <laughs> right okay good Give so me, just a basic hot dog and, yeah and last can, last question yeah. top four american things you can drink or eat on uh july 4th they in your opinion lebowski uh top okay so ask the question again top four things you think are the most american that someone can drink or eat on uh July 4th. Okay. I'm going to use a slash on the first of the sun. Beer, whiskey. Okay. Beer and or whiskey. Maybe I'm partial because I'm from the South. Do do you have a specific beard that you are going to drink tomorrow? I really really like, again, I'm all about the theme with the 4th of July, about it being like a cheap holiday, right? Yeah. So like, I will crush some Miller Lite tomorrow. I'll crush some Coors Light. PBR or or Budweiser? Actually, I I should probably say PBR. PBR is one of my absolute favorite, like cheap, just let's get weird with it beers. All right. Okay. So beer, whiskey. Beer, whiskey. Um, Top four things to consume. You got to have a hot dog. Yeah. You got to have a hot dog on the 4th of July. 
I think a hamburger is a close second, but if I had to pick one a food item, it's a hot dog. Okay. Um, still just to consume. Yeah, consume or I guess shove up your butt. I, I mean, did we have <laughs> do we have to go there? I don't, not, I don't know what else the food not, or the beer was. We're not Pi Kappa Alpha at UT, so. Um, well, what else were you going to do with the food I mean, or the drink? Ha- hamburger is going to be number three yeah. for sure because yeah. it's it's a ha- that's a hamburger and hot dog holiday. Number four. Um, fuck, I don't know. It's hot watermelon. Yeah, Keith, okay. do you agree, disagree uh, with anything? Obviously, hot dog. Yeah, we're gonna start off with hot dog. Yeah, beer. I would go line and kugel. Uh, summer shandy. That's that such new millennial America. It makes my head hurt. It, it's like a it's like a cool glass of you lemonade. You drink PBR. You drink PBR normally, and you're just gonna throw it to the wayside. You, you start with the line and kugel. Yeah, and then once you you're like two or three or four, in, start with the German beer. You you move over to the PBR, just like well, we, just like we did, just right, like so, us Americans did. So you, we you hopped do, on a ship and we came over. You do have you do have a good point because the good thing about drinking those Swedish shandies is that they go down like lemonade you could yeah, you yeah. could just hammer a Delicious. few of them and you're good the problem Refreshing. i have with beer is i get you know six to eight of them in me and i start to feel full yeah. and then i want to eat more hot dogs well, that's but why now the pool's like, full you never feel pool, full in the pool that's what they say yeah but if i'm getting out of the pool to eat a hot dog who's then they <laughs> the chances are somebody might be dropping their pants to their ankles oh. and then peeing in the pool yeah. and like that's then it gets weird no but i get what keith is saying uh, linen kugel hot dogs hot dogs uh apple pie okay apple pie how the fuck did i forget apple pie? it's too hot for apple pie right now it's almost you have to be inside for apple pie. yeah that's an after the what pool. they say that's inside an the apple pie inside yeah. who's saying all these things <laughs> i think you're just making shit up uh and then finally the last thing boy i should have studied uh should have had that almanac ready probably like tea or yeah tea i was thinking lemonade. sweet tea I'm going. I'm going. PBR. I think is a necessity if you are of age. It's. I'm getting specific now. I am going. I'm switching gears this year because Sam Adams has Sam Seventy Six, which is a crushable beer and seventeen seventy six. You know, of and course, Sam Adams. That's when the Titans won the Super right. Bowl. Last. That's yeah. absolutely what that is. That's uh, when the meteor killed so, the dinosaurs. Sorry, I yeah. made everybody sad. Hot dogs, of course. I'm going to throw out the hamburgers. No hamburgers. I say, I, I think it's just hot dogs is to me is just a July 4th food. Yeah. I, I would actually replace your hamburgers with barbecue ribs. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that pulled pork barbecue, which is good, which is fine. But I'm thinking barbecue ribs, you're just tearing into them and you got all that shit on your face. Damn, and, you're so right. And, and, and hey. that's, there's nothing more American than talking to someone with their mouth full with sauce all around and it. And you don't even need to use a napkin. You get to jump in the pool, right. wipe it all exactly. off. Exactly. It cleans the chlorine gets it. <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> you two are putting me to fucking shame here. Why did I say hamburgers? It's yeah. ribs and hot dogs. Yeah. That is what for the and, July And is. I'm going to say sweet tea slash lemonade is yeah is the fourth thing yeah i think watermelon what is good one yeah uh, i'd like it if you will yeah on all of and, them but i think sweet tea lemonade it's just kind of an american staple yeah do you think it's weird that we blow shit up on the fourth of july no i mean we blow ship up blow shit up uh when there's it's not fourth of july i mean just look at iraq and all that Oh. Well, outside, outside of our affinity for destroying <laughs> the middle where'd East. our patriotic music go <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I feel like the 4th of July has just turned into an excuse to introduce fireworks to other holidays. Yeah. 
I mean, like, why are we blowing shit up on New Year's Eve? Well, well you it's know, the what, new year. What's funny? Torch this motherfucker. Is that uh, 3HL was at Surefire Fireworks in Lebanon, Tennessee. So they sent a picture of it and uh, on Twitter. And it, it actually was a Halloween costume shop that isn't at a fireworks shop because they had Halloween costumes all behind them, like a, a Joker from the Suicide Squad and all kinds of crazy Okay, crap. you bring up a good point. Cut this, cut this music off. I can talk to you. Um, <laughs> how the fuck do these mega fireworks stores stay open year-round? I, 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 I do mean, not understand that. I remember going to uh, Friends of the Podcast, Matt and Kat, going to their wedding shower in Chattanooga. And on the way back, I hit up a fireworks store that was massive. And it was awesome. But it, that was in the middle of April. Does it make any sense? Yeah. I mean, the front of front, front of our podcast, Eric, his brother is in the fireworks industry. I've been meaning to ask this. Like, Is he really? Yeah. That's like his whole thing. I don't know who. Uh, which which Eric? We know three of them. Uh, Moose. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> his brother is in the firework industry. It must be profitable. I, I mean, I just don't understand how these big mega stores are staying open year round. I think it's a drug. Well, I, I guess they don't have to get a lot of inventory throughout the year, so that overhead cost should be low. Because if you think about it, your fireworks, I think, are good year to year. Right? They're also just kind of the middle of no fucking where, so that property's uh, not a very expensive. Probably. I mean, that that's a good point. But you're talking about a product that you have to keep absolutely completely dry. Which means you've got to run like dehumidifiers. Means you can't and shit do it like in that. New Orleans, right? Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I don't mean. Like, even here in Tennessee, it's humid as fuck. Yeah. So you're running dehumidifiers and all, it just seems expensive to keep a bunch of extremely flammable shit around I, you all day. I, you, I guess. I'm kind of surprised you don't hear people breaking in a fireworks store and then just lighting it and leaving. Oh, God. Like, right? <laughs> Now that now we're gonna have a lot a big string of them and they're gonna don't gonna, do it's this gonna, yeah. it's gonna be because of our podcast <laughs> don't do this this is not like what how you do. how have but they- I mean I just saw someone break into a car lot in Franklin and Fayetteville and steal like six hundred thousand dollars worth of vehicles right uh, yeah so I mean what's stopping a teenager from just busting one of those glass windows and just go and light a fuse real quick and that whole fucking thing going up in flames that's what I mean like. What's to stop some disgruntled coworker? Fucking Cletus is back there on YouTube and he just can't take it anymore. And he goes over and lights off the Arabian Fuckistan or whatever, some 90 missile just firing off in the middle of the store. That's all it takes. And this shit's over. You'd probably have to pick the right firework because otherwise yeah. you're going up with the rest of it. Could the sprinkler system take all that? Could it stop the momentum quick enough? They probably have that good, good fire extinguisher oh, probably system. like the uh the foam kind yeah yeah it'd have to be working overtime I mean, we're talking, about the, we're talking <laughs> about the fireworks industry here i don't think they're spending any extra money Big on fireworks anything. i don't know man and you got to think they're also supplying like the nashville fireworks people and like all the yeah. different like football games and everything where they shoot off fireworks sure. for touchdowns and all that shit so so Gosh, firework industry really has its hands in a lot of th- events. And plus, you know, the lobbyists, the lobbyists for fireworks. Big yeah. boom. Big boom. <laughs> big so, boom. so I'm going to end with this. Nashville notoriously has one of the biggest productions for the 4th of July downtown. And downtown is a nightmare on the yeah. 4th of July. I think personally, one of the worst holidays to get in the middle of the crowd yeah, what? it's just because it's so hot. Yeah, so it always rains. So keep in mind how hot it is. It always rains. Seriously, it rains like 80% of the time on the 4th of July here. How much money would you have to be offered 
to go literally go get in the middle of the crowd tomorrow night. Like go stand on Broadway because think about it. You got to get there like an hour and a half early at least. Did get you, your ass down in the middle do of the I crowd. Have beer with me. Sure. Or, yeah. Or, I mean, you can you can bring whatever you beer, edibles, whatever, whatever you're trying to do to get through this. But like how much cash would I have to offer you right now to go get in the middle? I'd of that be shit? pretty cheap. I mean, you could get me for 10,000 down there. <laughs> 10,000. <laughs> pretty cheap. I thought he's going to say a hundred dollars. <laughs> he drops 10 K on me. How much Keith? Shit, you couldn't pay me. I mean, cause I've, I've been down there. It's I've awful. walked through the crowd to get from one side of Broadway to the other. And I've gone through the middle and people just, they have tables and all this crap and they're all, they're all fat and sweaty. It's yeah, like a NASCAR awful. race. <laughs> <laughs> it is like a NASCAR it race. It absolutely is. And kids are just running wild. Yeah, it's the children that bother me. Yeah. It's just, there's children underfoot constantly. It's just so amazing to me that the, the NFL draft can be such a peaceful experience downtown and everything <laughs> else is a shit storm. And, uh, and we've only done it once and yeah. we've done the New Year's Eve what 10 years running or something where it's this big and all that kind of stuff how I, much I, I would have to go 10 oh man i'm saying i'm gonna say ten thousand just because the market's been set <laughs> the market the market has been set uh but Can i franchise tag that <laughs> <laughs> but uh one of my favorite things to do if you do have to go down there is is the people watching is absolutely fantastic but specifically like the closer you get to the river where people set up blankets and like they start turning back into like their primate form, like where you just see you see like a, a big old middle aged woman with her eight kids. And if you like put your little like foldable chair on the corner of her towel, their beach towel that she's put down to mark her territory, she like beats her chest and starts like barking at you. That's my favorite part <laughs> is just seeing the different conflicts that are happening over like real estate that is just totally arbitrary. I mean, just like if, this, if you make me miss Kane Brown's performance on the riverfront before this fireworks show, is, I'm going to be so Is that upset. a real person? That's a real I, I artist, even, I, but it's not I the guy performing. <laughs> I thought he was talking about the steakhouse Kane prime. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about you? How much would someone have to pay you? Are you, are you cheaper than 10,000? Well, I, I, cause you gotta be there a long time. That that's my thing is that putting the, up with the that. market the market has been set at ten grand. <laughs> I think I'm I'll take half five thousand. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I thought I'm about not, five. I'm that's not smart. A big, undercut the market. I'm not a big crowd person like that. I don't like to be standing up sweaty and uncomfortable for hours on end, especially for something as asinine as a fireworks show. Now would you wear a tank top? No. You'd have to go tank top this, to swim trunks, wouldn't you? This body is not made <laughs> well, listen, for a tank top. It's like Walmart down there. So there's going to be someone dressed I mean, that, worse that than is, you. That's, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But I mean, I'm just thinking for comfortableness, you know, for the comfort. Yeah. I mean, I wear tank tops anyway. I, I'd i wear a velour onesie. Yeah? Yeah, probably. Could wear a dress. Maybe like a, maybe just just nothing underneath it, but just one of those, um, one of those blanket things with sleeves. Oh, uh. Shit! It's a snooky, snuggy, 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 snuggy. A blinky? It's a snuggy, snuggy. I would just wear a snuggy with nothing under it. You can wear a a patriotic bromper. Those are very comfortable. Yeah. But the problem I have with the whole thing, the existential crisis of it is, is, I mean, (laughs) has technology advanced fireworks past what roundy, blowy shit up we came up with like in the 1700s? I mean, it felt like what? I think 2003, I saw the first time in person, saw the first one that made a heart. 
Yeah. Like, the, like I mean, but then you see it like everywhere else. Like China is so far ahead of us, much like in everything in the fireworks game. I mean, they, they probably got whole movies that play in fireworks. All right. So full disclosure, I'm actually going downtown for the fireworks tomorrow. Night. Yeah. What? But I know. Hear me out. This is what a dangerous is, game he's playing. This is very and he's no, going. He's not getting paid. Oh, no, this is very non plebeian of me. I'm going to get on the roof of a prestigious law firm. So, yeah, no, this is this is not literally the, above. Them. This is not, <laughs> it's not for the unwashed masses, but I w- I'm going to try to get footage of something because I hear it every year. I'm really big on picking up little things that make me laugh because I don't know. It makes me feel better inside. But I the, every year. There's a firework that goes off that makes like a smiley face. And the reaction of somebody is, oh, and this somebody <laughs> goes, it's a smiley face. So I'm going to try to get footage of that this year because it makes me, my brother and I sit around and wait for it. And we look at each other and then we hear it and we giggle because it's very stupid. That's great. Yeah, I'm I'm not doing anything. For, I mean, <clears throat> we're going to watch it from where we're at and we have a good vantage point sure, up for it. Yeah. But we're we're not oh, if people, I, we're not having people over and we're not we're not doing it. If I were not going to a secure office building with already set up parking and food and drink, and then we can go out on this ridiculous roof and watch it, I would never ever go back down there. Over or under shrimp cocktails that you eat at five. I can I can get after some shrimp. <laughs> so how many shrimp are in a shrimp cocktail? Uh, about six, I think. I could put down. 30 to 40 shrimp without blinking an eye. Yeah. Like, do you bef- think they'll have that many at this fancy party that you're going no, to? No, it'll be barbecue. Oh, it, yeah. It's always barbecue every year. But the problem is, is it's like barbecued unlimited- lobster, barbecue shrimp, <laughs> yeah. Bar- barbecue plebeians. But no, but so, but the problem is, is that it's an open bar. Yeah. So Uh-oh. that's, I know the problem is, is so that the, the smiley face video will be a complete blur. That yeah. left is going to be expensive. <laughs> no, last year I got all distracted because somebody had a Teddy Rupskin up there. <laughs> And the batteries were running out and it sounded really evil. And I was really having a good time with that. So I, I got distracted by the Teddy Rupskin and I didn't hear somebody last year say, Oh, it's a smiley face, but I'm going to get it this year. I'm going to get that damn smiley face video. Um, all right. Last thoughts on 4th of July. I like it, but it's getting kind of, I'm like, kind of like, eh, is it top three for you? Holidays? Halloween, New Year's Eve. Nah, nah, Halloween, New Year's Eve, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, but let me ask: does the does the holiday following like tomorrow falls on a Thursday? Yeah. So whether you've got to actually work Friday or not, it's going to be a fucking worthless day on Friday for most people. Right. So I, most of us have a four day weekend. So for me, when when Fourth of July falls on a Thursday, I th- I think it's perfect. I think it's yeah. like top three holidays for me when it falls on sense. A, when I can it falls see on a Thursday. Keith. I'm going to say it's it's in the top 10. It's definitely not top three, though. Keith top is, 10? Yeah. It's, it's I mean, hot. How you many, nine it's, well, you other, remember, he it's gets hot. off for like 15 holidays extra more than anybody else. And so. Arbor Day is pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> He's all for Wildlife Awareness Day. Yeah. He gets a three-day weekend for that. That's um, his favorite. That's top three. Top 10. We get off for Donut Day. It's name, cool. name me, <laughs> name me nine really? other holidays. Go. Just, uh, just fling them out there. Halloween, okay. New Year's Eve, okay. New Year's Day, what? <laughs> Christmas. God Eve. bless. That's cheating. Are you no, Christmas no, no, no. Eve? Right. You, Christmas, you cannot use Christmas Eve and New Year's okay, Day. Okay, fine. Uh, New Year's, Christmas, Halloween, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, damn. Uh, Labor Day, Memorial Day. Labor Day is an underrated holiday. It is. Uh, I'm, I'm missing. I'm missing something. What am I missing? You can't use the Fourth of July. 
Because that's got to be your last one. Mother's Day is trash. Mother's Day. <laughs> I just, I'm just kidding, Nicole. Love you. Um. He didn't even call you mom. He called you Nicole. That's even worse. What, that's just disrespect. Mother's Day is trash. But I'm going to say, Day's trash. Mother's Day doesn't Mother, apply because it yeah. falls on a Sunday. Mother, Mother's Day Mother's Day's trash. Love you, Nicole. Now, love you, mom. <laughs> love you, mother. To be fair, Father's Day is even worse. Father's Day is the worst oh, holiday no. of all time. Father's Day is such a bullshit holiday because it's like Mother's Day is made up to be a huge deal. Yeah. Right. Like, especially if you've ever worked in the service industry. Mother's Day is one of those dreaded days of the year. Father's Day is just like, oh, we got to give him something, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's always grilling. I think, oh, yeah. I think I'm at eight. So You're the, eight. the last one. So technically, it is top 10. Uh, no, we got Valentine's Day. And then we've got the last number 10 is, is Trucktober. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't even see how you can list St. Patty's Day and Valentine's Day as a holiday. Those, well, St. Are- Patty's Day is definitely a holiday. St. Patty's St. Day is dope. St. Patty's it's Day. It's the best. It's it's a it's a good holiday. When is the last time you went out celebrating St. Patty's Day? I, I don't go out downtown. I haven't been downtown in a while, but I'll, I'll go out to a bar. I don't. I will. I will never go out for. Okay. Full disclosure. Oh, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco yeah, de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. But here's the one. problem. It's really there, hard to get. Taco. There are three holidays I refuse to go out for. St. Patty's Day, New Year's Eve, and um, Cinco de Mayo. Because I've been punched in the face <laughs> at a bar on all three of those. Well, that, that sounds like a personal problem. It I don't is think a personal that's a problem. National problem. It is a problem. That's why I'm telling you. Yeah. You know, that's that's why I don't. Yeah. In defense of the punchers, your face is very punchable. It is very punchable. It looks soft. It's so the like, beard. It's like if you punched <laughs> it, it. Like, it's the beard. If I mean, you it's like punch, punching it's a like, pillow. Yeah. It's like punching like a memory foam you know, mattress. You punch in your pillow when you it gets a little too stiff yeah. or flat. Yeah, you're just you know, fluffing just it. Get in there, just pounding it. I could see that. Yeah, so I guess that's going to do it for us this week. <laughs> that I've got a punchable pillow face, and that's why I hate Cinco de Mayo. Um, as always, rate, subscribe, follow us on the newsletter. How can they find our newsletter? Uh, Effortspodcast.com slash newsletter. He seems he seems very uh, he so Google it. Sure. Or just go to so, so sure about that. Listen, in all seriousness, we really appreciate you tuning in. Oh, don't forget about uh, Sunday. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Oh my God, I'm almost forgetting that. Yeah, the women's World Cup final Woo-hoo! is on Sunday. Football. We are going to be at Yeehaw Brewery on Sixth Avenue. Yes, Sixth Avenue. It's downtown. It's right near the convention center. If you haven't been there yet, it's brand new. It's badass. They've got a Prince's hot chicken like food truck mm. stand outside, which is killer. And if for some reason you don't want hot chicken, their tacos are actually pretty legit. Oh, yeah. They got good tacos. Let's don't, talk about it. Don't. Bo- oh, God. Don't bother getting the pork belly tacos only because I don't want you eating them before I get there. But um, <laughs> no, it's a really cool place. It, it, it really is a very badass setup. It's, I think we're it's massive. Tons of TVs. They have a big TV uh, facing the whole bar, like a like one you see at bar lines yeah. or like full wall TV. And then they also have full wall TV outside. Yeah where you can sit around and watch all that there too. Um, bring all your friends, American flag paraphernalia. I'll be wearing a bandana, a tank top, swim trunks, and a cape. Um, <laughs> so it's going to get lit. And a, and a cape. Yeah, and a wristband. I forgot my wristband. I got to find that. Now it'll be a good time. Join us down there. Um, the game starts at 10. The game starts at 10, and they open at 10, but I've been told that if we show up a few minutes early, they'll let us enter. Yeah. So... If not, um, we'll just do us. what America does and let's just go in anyway. We'll start blowing shit up. Yeah. Well, it's been fun. Yes. Try not to blow yourselves up tomorrow. For Zach, 
Lions. Keith, to my left, I am Mr. Lebowski, and you've just been effed. Happy St. Patrick's Day. What? <laughs> Don't blow yourself up to all, please. We're free. Yeah. Let freedom ring. Freedom, in other F words. Yeah.